I've always wondered if you could go back in time and just walk up to Paul and say, hey, you know those letters you wrote to specific churches at a specific time? Do you know that we now believe that everything you wrote was actually as if God had took over your hand and wrote it for you? I think he's like, what a load of bullshit that is. (laughs) That's not what happened. (laughs) Exactly. Western Christianity has spent the last 2,000 years telling everyone they're separated from God. This is not church with John and Nat Turney. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast that John and I have lovingly called This Is Not Church, even though um, the farther down the road we get with this, the, the more it feels like church. I don't know. Um, there are days and then there are days, right, John? Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, with you, as always, I'm Nat, uh, one of your hosts. My brother, John, is on the other side of the screen that you can't see. Uh, and thank your lucky stars. because Oh, dude, yeah, for sure. Yes. Dude, yeah. What is, what's going yeah. on with that beard, man? I'm thinking about darkening it. What do you think? Make it all black? Like, oh, really? Or, or, think, go, or go all gray. It's, it's almost this? time for uh, Christmas, right? Do like the Santa Claus look. I, I think, think maybe that's a good call. Okay. A little half moon glasses. Yeah. I think, I think that. that would work for you. Yeah. Okay. So, oh, yeah. hey, yeah, already <laughs> off the rails because that's oh, how yeah, we do. Sure. But, and we are, uh, we're, we're just, we're just pleased as punch. Is that a, is that a thing people still say? Well, you do because you say it a lot. Go back and listen to listen to <laughs> our episodes. You say it a lot. <laughs> do I really? Oh shit! Uh, we are just happy as a clam at high tide to have our our next guest on with us. Her name is Susan Cottrell. Am I saying that right? Yes. Okay. Good. I I, I would I, the one time I don't ask beforehand, it'd be like no, no, no. It's <laughs> Cottrell. No. So we have with us Susan Cottrell. I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read. John's trying not to spit coffee out. <laughs> Man, we are one minute and 19 seconds in and John just about blew coffee out of his nose. Yeah. This is going to be good, man. Oh, for sure. Um, <laughs> let, me, let me read through her bio real quick and then let's just get into what she has to say because I guarantee you it's going to be awesome. So uh, Susan Cottrell is an international speaker whose TEDx talk has 1.5 million views. John, we don't have 1.5 million anything. I'm super impressed. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to rack my brain. I think if we have 1.5 million of anything, at 1.5 thousand seconds of, of <laughs> I can't even of, say we have 1.5 million complaints. <laughs> no, we might have those. But anyway. <laughs> oh my goodness! Outsmart magazine called her the mother of all mama bears. The Advocate dubbed her our favorite affirming matriarch. She is a prominent voice for the LGBTQ community and their faith parents, who has been featured on ABC's 2020 Nightline and Good Morning America on NBC News Out, and as a contributor on the Our Bible app. She is a public theologian, and through her nonprofit organization, Freed Hearts, Susan expresses her authentic love for the LGBTQ plus community and families. And she sees love as the healing foundation of family, faith, and community. She spent 20 plus years in the non-affirming evangelical church, has a Master of Arts in Theological Studies, and served as a Vice President of PFLAG Austin. Her Freed Hearts blog and YouTube videos have millions of viewers and her books, Mom, I'm Gay, Loving Your LBGTQ Child, and Strengthening Your Faith, True Colors, Celebrating the Truth and Beauty of the Real You, Radically Included, The Biblical Case for Radical Love and Inclusion, and Be the Love You Want to See in the World are critically acclaimed. She and her husband, Rob, have been married for 34 years and have five children, two of whom identify as queer. And welcome to the program, Susan. We're so glad Mm -hmm. you're here. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. You're welcome, man. Uh, if anything in that in that bio is inaccurate, we're sorry. Um, hopefully, it was pretty up to up to speed and up to date. Um, nope, sounds like me. you you have a litany of accomplishments and things that uh, to be proud of. Um, uh, that, yeah. That's amazing. So we feel blessed to have someone of your caliber on the program with us. So thank you for, thank for you giving us I your time. That. So if you wouldn't mind, if you could just kind of maybe take us outside of the of the of the bio and maybe yeah. just tell us a little bit about yourself. Maybe, maybe, uh, the, the cliff notes version of, of, uh, maybe your faith journey over the last little bit and kind of tell us how you arrived yeah. where you are. Yeah. Well, um, we were in the evangelical church for 20 years and then our daughter came out and we just suddenly knew we would no longer fit in the church again. We would no longer be at home in the church. And, you know, the, the, the few women that I told privately about our daughter, because I was having to test out the waters here, said it's a sin and you can't accept it. And I thought, where do you, where do you get that? And what does it mean not to accept my daughter? So that just really was the linchpin pulled out of the whole, my whole faith experience and set us on this deconstruction journey 
that I have never looked back from now. It was the best thing that ever happened to us. Amen. Yeah. And our other daughter, uh, uh, one of our two other daughters came out like a year later. So, and at that point you say, oh, maybe it is us, but you know, (laughs) (laughs) it's not, it's it's who they are. Yeah, Um, yeah, for sure. Finding out from our daughter how much people are just hurt, thrown out of their churches, thrown out of their families, you know, teenagers by their families, it just was mind blowing. And I knew that I needed to do this and to to reach out and be loved to these people. So this journey has just uh, become a, a joy ride of exploration and discovery and loving people that I never, you know, met. And when I get to know them, I love them all the more. You ever you ever find it interesting that that people who are on maybe on the other side of the of the spectrum from you never speak about their journey like that? Boy, this journey yeah. of just disliking people and hating people for you know who they are and why they're different. Well, it's just been it's just enriched my life so deeply. Right, right. <laughs> like, Continuing to try to please this unpleasable God I, that brings yeah, joy to my just, heart. Yeah, wow, yeah. has brought me so much. Peace. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, yeah. <laughs> But yeah. I, when I when I hear your story and others like you that that who who have been challenged in the other way to say, listen, let's let's see how much more expansive this love could be. Yeah, man, they just have, and I wish you could see the video because the joy is written on your face. <laughs> yeah, and what I'm talking about is really good news. Yeah, it's really astonishingly good news, which is what gospel means. Right. It's not bad news that we pretend is good news. Amen God hates us, but if we really really try, maybe He'll hate us less. Yeah, right, right. Okay, that's or, not or, in any way good news. Yeah, or in, in some versions yeah. of that story, maybe God will put on his Jesus glasses and he'll look through those lenses and see right. not you and your ugliness, but he'll see Jesus and he'll, you know, he'll right. with he'll he'll maybe withdraw his hand over. What yeah, a comfort that is. Yeah, he'll <laughs> I read somewhere today on Facebook, it was actually just today. I can't remember I wish I'd remember who wrote it, but it was might have been um oh, Francois Dutois who said something like, that's kind of like kissing your wife and picturing somebody else. And that's exactly yeah. what we're thinking that God is doing with us, is saying, man, I'll just look at you, but I won't see you. Let me right. imagine somebody else. And then I'd, what a, what a, what a bonkers thing to what have, you know, what, yeah. a, what, a, what a toxic vision of God, right? Yeah, so, yeah. And, and I was visualizing too, what if your husband says to you, I hate you, but you know what? I'm going to stay with you for the sake of the kids. You're like, right. no, here's your bag. Go. I right, don't need right. that. And you know, I'm, I, I will accept you for the sake of Jesus. Like, right. Oh, thanks. Don't do any favors, yeah. man. Right. right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, my personal pet peeve. And it's funny how far, how the farther you go down deconstruction, have you noticed this, that those, those little catchphrases and those little, yeah sort of glib things that you that maybe didn't used to bother you all of a sudden just piss you off. Yeah. Um, and so I, you know, when somebody says, well, God loves you in spite of you. Well, what a shitty yeah. thing to say. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> I never told that's my children, funny. I love you, even though really at your core, you're kind of horrible, but yeah. I'm so good <laughs> that my right. love can still <laughs> reach out. And I've right. said the same thing to my wife and weirdly enough, she's not, um, she doesn't feel affirmed by that. I don't know why she's so she's weird. so sensitive. I mean, so weird. <laughs> so you have this experience um, with your own children. What was what? Can I, if you don't mind my asking, yeah. if it's not if it's not too personal, what were your views prior to your own personal experience with your own kids? Were you? I know you were part of the non-affirming church, but were you yeah. actively non-affirming, or were you just kind of well? That's the church tradition I was raised in, so didn't really occur. Small small thing. I was not raised in the church actually, which okay. kind of gave me a very a different foundation. But we came to it when our kids were little, um, for community and and love and all that, and found it. Our first, you know, church was really good for that. But yes, it's like this uh tacit agreement you don't realize of being non affirming. Also I had a uh, best friend in high school who was gay, a gay guy, and I loved to pieces. And so I didn't have this ick thing about it. But the church, you know, you kind of, at the case then, this was 10, 11 years ago, I didn't ever have a conversation about gay people. They just weren't in the church that, it, that we saw. 
And so, but, but when she came out, it was like, I just knew this was not going to be okay. And so it wasn't, yes, it was a belief by default. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so that's when, when I started to look up the Bible, I said, well, what, what does it say then? I started to look up the verses. I was like, are you freaking kidding me? They're like six little verses that are just violently ripped from their context. Exactly. And, and said to mean something else. And you're like, Oh my God. And by the way, did you guys notice there's 300 verses to say to take care of the poor? Yeah. But you're, yeah. you're going to take these out of context. It was just, I was really angry. Can you tell? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. I hear you. Yeah. I was angry and I was so, I felt so betrayed and you know, I just, we left, we didn't end up even consulting the pastors because I already talked to the women leaders and that was enough. And, uh, and I didn't want to cast any more pearls to be trampled. So yeah. anyway, and, and just, boy, the more that I progressed, the more like Jesus I am than I ever mm-hmm. was when I was in the church, oh, which man. is ironic, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, and yeah, absolutely. something we hear all the I'm, time. Yeah. <laughs> I had to I'm leave the church to become more time. like Jesus. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So not like the Pharisees. That's what, that's what I see the church full of now as Pharisees. Sadly, the blinders are on, you know, firmly yeah. affixed. And, and yeah. it is interesting to me that, so I, I, I think similar to you, I don't know that I ever had an issue per se. I guess I would have probably repeated back the line, you know, that I was raised with. That, well, I probably would have said something very stupid, like, well, we love the sinner and hate the sin. But I wasn't ever, you know, I wasn't then. I'm still not now. I wasn't hateful towards anybody. And the churches that I attended weren't rabidly anti-gay. But boy, right, exactly. you didn't have to dig too deep to find out what they really thought. Just because they didn't talk about it every day didn't mean that they didn't have clear, clear opinions on the matter. Right. And I'm not sure that's not more insidious in a way or, or equally insidious. Yeah. Because it, it's like it amounts to microaggressions. Sure. That just keep piling on. And with microaggressions, you're like, did I, did that just happen? Was that, right? or was that just me when, where, when they're outwardly, you know, vicious, you can say, okay, I'm not sticking around for that. So it's, I mean, you know where the, whatever that stupid Baptist church that likes to protest funerals. Um, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know where they stand at least. Honestly, they yeah. to me are, they're not dangerous at all. Because most people see them for the absurdity that they are. Um, yes. And in fact, we had the same sort of conversation with um, with Sarah Cunningham last week when we talked to her because we I said the same thing. I'm like, I, I feel like those are those middle of the road churches are sometimes more dangerous because mm-hmm. they can give the false sense that you're safe there. Exactly. And yeah. you are until you're not. Right. Um, people put in their heart and their soul and their time and their money and their, right. you know, everything. Well, and, and on top of that, you know, and I've been I've been involved in a couple of churches that use this kind of language where they're like, uh, well, of course they can come. Of course they can come to our church. But they're going like, to have okay. to change. It's like, it's like but <laughs> right. what exactly do you mean by that? Can they yeah. be on the worship team? Well, mm. no. Can they can they uh, run the nursery? Well, no. Can they run your Sunday school? No. Can they be part of right. the uh, part of the uh, pastoral team? No. So no, they're not accepted. They're not right. accepted at all. Right. They are. They are another uh, another potential check mark of someone that they have changed, right? Converted, right. Uh, saved, okay. whatever word you want to use. Or you to get just, to pat yourself on the back and say, "Look how tolerant we are." Right. Right. Look how inclusive yeah. we are. We got. There's gay people in our church. You sound like the guy who says he's got two black friends. Right. right. You can't see his own racism because well, right. how could that be racist? That guy down the street, well, my neighbor, he's black, and I like him. Um, right. And they missed the point entirely. We had, a, I was part of a church for a long time and, um, you know, I knew several, you know, openly gay or anyway, and, and they were allowed to serve in very specific ways. Right. You know what I mean? It was like, you, could yeah. you serve coffee? Yeah, I think that's okay. Could you right. help park cars in the parking lot? Yeah, I think that's probably okay. You won't get any gay on anyone that way. Um, mm-hmm. But you sure couldn't put them on the stage. Right. And so, yeah, it was one of those conversations that, that, that pushed me eventually out. Because I'm like, I just can't be here. Yeah, you can sit, but you can sit only in the back of the bus. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. So I, I, I pray and hope, you know, for a time 
when we see the way that we've treated that community the same way with the same sort of remorse that we that we see those other things because most most yeah. people in this in my generation and, and younger would look at you know separate but equal as just nothing more than than than, than you know an abomination that's horrifying right. you know to see mm-hmm. yeah it, it's and it's 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 a, it's a no brainer for them that this is horrifying mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I hope we're moving that direction. Yeah, um, it may be another twenty, thirty years before we look at that the same way, and our kids will be like, "What the hell were you thinking? Why was this ever even an issue?" Right. Well, and that that's a good question because the rank and file in the churches are not thinking for themselves. They have not been conditioned to think for themselves. They've been conditioned to follow rules. Very true, right. and yeah. and follow instructions, and so. In a way, I, I when we were part of the church, I don't think we really even recognized that we weren't thinking for ourselves. And mm-hmm. and you just find some amorphic, you know, answer to your discontent that can make you satisfied. Meaning I had kind of assumed after I knew churches weren't affirming that, well, there's something that happened to gay people to make them gay. And that's why. And right. so we're tolerant and loving while they sort it out, you know, and hopefully can become straight if the damage is not too deep. That That's completely wrong now. I know that. But it was my way of of reconciling the irreconcilable, like these lovely people, and God doesn't accept them. And so yeah. this was, and I, I think the rank and, rank and file does a lot of that plausible belief, plausible explanation for their disparate viewpoint. Yeah, it's just a, a somewhat feeble attempt to, to, to deal with the cognitive dissonance or just ignore yeah. it altogether, right? Yeah. Um, and I, I say that because I did that. Yeah, yeah. For many, many, Me many years. Because you either, you either challenge it and potentially blow up your whole life in some ways. Right, which we did. <laughs> which I did. Eventually I said, right. you know, to hell with it. It was the, the, the whatever potential um, fallout from that was way is way better than continuing in that path. But yeah. if people aren't ready, they're not ready. You know, right. Um, right. that thing has to happen at their own pace and it has to happen. I mean, real, I'm convinced it has to be their idea. You know, yeah. um, deconstruction can happen to you, but it still has to be something I think that you embrace. Yeah. And that, and the leadership are the ones who have a stake in keeping it exactly the way it is. And so not to recognize that is really ignorance on the part of the congregation. He just doesn't, recognize that they're that they're motivated that the leadership is motivated to keep you in the pews not questioning yes you know but jesus didn't get livid at the rank and file he got livid at the religious leaders who were lying to people right and saying they weren't good enough and using god's name to do it so right yeah and i man what a parallel right don't you see that yeah. i see i see such Absolutely. a stark parallel says like Okay, what are we doing? We're heaping burdens on people. We're 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 using, you know, our our understanding of scripture to marginalize and define people, and then we're using God's name to do it to justify what we're doing. Man, blasphemy, blasphemy, blasphemy. <laughs> so it yeah. all sounds like stuff that we ought to be saying. That's horrifying. Don't do it. Horrifying. And I I I thought at the beginning that maybe I'd be able to change leadership. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Don Quixote, here we come. We're going to tilt right. some windmills together. Yeah, unless I could offer them a paycheck bigger than what they were already getting. There was no right. no way that was going to happen, but I kind of reached around behind them to the people who were being so hurt and telling them, God loves you. You're perfect the way you are. You know, nobody, you don't need to change. The, the demand to change is not from God. That's from your church community, your family, but it's mm. not from God, you know, and, and separating that for people. That's really what my life has become now, loving them as they are. Well, and I feel that um, there's there's a couple levels there with, with church leadership. One is um, obviously to keep people in line. You use fear, you use um, separation, you use othering, you do all of that, right, right to keep people in line and, and you keep butts in seats. Um Keep them giving you money, keeps your paycheck coming in. But I'm, you know, I'm going to be kind of brutally honest here. And, and the other part of it is just, it's absolutely sheer laziness on their part. Yeah. To actually yeah. 
you know, I mean, we, we go to school, you know, if you go to high school or college or whatever, there's a point where you have to start questioning what you're being taught and start yeah. learning on your own. And <laughs> seminary, I, I feel seminary is one of the places that that is absolutely discouraged from day mm-hmm. one till mm-hmm. the end. Uh, you mm-hmm. are, you are expected to learn whatever your seminary's philosophy, theology is. Do never, never question that. Never go outside right. those lines. Never right. learn on your own. I, I, I can't tell you how many pastors I've talked to that's like, yeah, I don't, I don't read any current, um, books on any, any theology. Right. Which isn't, you know, isn't to say that o- older books on theology don't have something to teach us. You know, the, the, the Desert Fathers, the Mystics, all that I believe has some very strong connections for us. But if we have, but that's the problem. They're not reading that and right. they're not reading some contemporary literature or co- contemporary theology, which is saying, Hey, we've gotten this wrong for a really long time. Yeah. You know, we, we talked a little bit about the clobber passages, right? And you say six, and most people say there's seven. And I agree yes. with you that, that one of those seven absolutely doesn't even belong in the talk. Of, yeah. Well, first of all, I don't believe any of them None are of what them they do. say they are, but yeah. there's one that is added, right? That yeah, Jude automatically just echoes just, one of the other ones. So it's, right, right, it's like a right. toss Yeah. Right. And then you can, you know, but where's the academic side of this? Who's, who's actually taking the time within the church? To look at these passages, do the research, find out how they have been misrepresented since what were we, what were we talking about with um, uh, with Sarah? Was it ni- uh, that that document is coming oh, out nineteen forty six? Yes, yes. So, so I mean, they don't even take the time to learn that that the word homosexual, homosexual, or homosexuality, or whatever you want to say, doesn't even appear in the Bible until nineteen forty six. So this right. idea that we have all been taught and been raised on. And brought up right. on, right. didn't exist until 1946 in the Bible, right. right? And then the moral majority made right. it a yeah. thing in the 70s, yeah. and just poured that toxin like a like the Exxon Valdez oil spill. Yeah. <laughs> and how do you ever clean that up in people's thoughts and and psyches? So, um, yeah, it is very lazy, and and some seminaries you really do learn to think and that was my seminary, but most, but the evangelical ones you're talking about, they're just grooming these men to become, you know, a chip off the old block. And it's, there's no thinking involved. But, um, and the other thing is that if, if you want to just sit back and say, okay, how would God want to speak to you church? If you get off somewhere, or you never, you're never wrong. Okay. Mm-hmm. That, that's a problem. That's a different problem. But when you are wrong, how would God speak to you? Mm-hmm. Because you're not reading any of the new thinkers that are, that are revealing where we've been wrong. If someone like these pastors do study and say, this is, this, we've gotten this wrong. You immediately throw them out as a heretic. Right. So how is God going to speak to you? How will you ever find where you're wrong? Well, you're not interested in finding where you're wrong. I see. Yeah, and that's that, that's what it. I thought. That's it. Well, yeah. If you can hold, if you can hold on to the Bible as the the end all be all to every answer you ever need, and by the right. way, the the Bible that you read in the way that you read it with right. the, the lens that you read it through, just disregarding that there are hundreds of thousands of people out there who read a completely different Bible than you. And come to completely different conclusions. I mean, you have to live in this really weird little bubble where you're right and everybody else is wrong. And right. if you were to look at it from a perspective, you're in a minority too. You're very much in a minority of what you believe in and you're holding on to as truth compared to the rest of this world. Yeah, you have but this- John, John, you're forgetting <laughs> something. You're forgetting something. Americans are hella narcissistic. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> come on, oh, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. But everything we, come on, man. That's, we, we know the rest of the world follows our lead on this stuff. Yeah. That was tongue firmly planted in cheek. I was going to draw, I was going to draw a little distinction. I think you might too as well, Susan, between like a for real seminary and these fly by night little diploma mill theology or like Bible schools where they really do focus on indoctrination more than uh, my friends who've gone to actual seminary, man, they come out thinkers. I mean, I would say, you know, Douglas Campbell, who's a professor of divinity, you know, professor at Duke's divinity school. 
um, yeah, he's going to challenge yeah. your thought processes and, and he's not going to. Yeah. And, but it's not just like these fly by night or whatever you call them, little pop-ups that are producing non-thinking, but people like DTS. Yeah. The Dallas Theological Seminary that yeah. is really liberty or the status quo. Liberty yeah. is incredibly well founded and funded, and they're teaching heresy, like horrible, yeah. you know, hatred. They're teaching contempt. It's interesting. My uh, my associate pastor is, is my good friend Todd Mullen. Todd, you're on the show. I put you on the show, Todd. <laughs> Todd, Todd Mullen. Um, he actually got his master's degree through Liberty. And then afterwards, like in the middle of getting his master's degree, or actually I think in the middle of getting his first degree through Liberty, he starts this deconstruction process. <laughs> and he's like, well, I'm invested. I'm going to finish my degree. But he did yeah. the rest of it through gritted teeth, man. Yeah. And then just decided to be the fly in the ointment for every discussion on every, you know, like what well, those those discussion boards they would have. And he was the guy, right. you know, talking about Carl Bart. He's the guy talking about, you know, like, but, you know, and at, at the end of it all, he's, you know, He's he's sort of lamenting the fact that he spent all this time on this money on this education, and his wife I think was the one to remind him. Yeah, but it, it was it was such a good foil to to push back against. At the very least, they yeah. did that. That's a great perspective. Yeah, and it did a, it did a good job of outlining for him the things he knew he for sure did not believe, yeah. and then pushing yeah. him to have to defend his own his own beliefs. You know, which yeah. all of that I think ended up being a better education than if he'd just gone along with liberties. Yeah, you know their status quo theology, right. which is mostly garbage. But um, well, and sadly, I mean, he he's probably a minority in that. Most of them probably are oh, just yeah, there no, to, he, to get their degree so yeah. they can get that job and and basically regurgitate. Never have to change. Yeah. Now Todd's yeah. enough yeah. of a contrarian that he 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 relished that role to some degree. That was that was fun for him. So not everyone does. But when we first when I first started doing this work, and I knew that God was calling me to reach out to this community with love and, and, you know, be a mother to them. Um, I kept saying to God, I kept, you know, I was, I was very evangelical. I knew how to pray, but I, I kept saying, God, don't let me lead anyone astray. <laughs> like that's the big thing. Yeah. And I, you know, somebody would reach out and I would love them. I would tell them they're, they're wonderful the way they are. I'd really, you know, encourage them and, and speak life to them. And then I'd say, God, don't let me lead anyone astray. And I, it's like God was just smiling and would just send me another person, send me more people. <laughs> and finally, it occurred to me that that was never the instruction, the never, never the warning. The warning was, you better love people well. Yeah. And so the question became to me, you know, help me love, help me love well, help me love these people well. And that changes everything. But that's what the church is really called to. That's what humans are called to, is to love well. And when we're so busy about not leading anybody astray, what that is is let me get the orthodoxy right. Let me get. Right. Let me be right. <laughs> let me show people how I'm right. That's really what that comes down to. Instead of let me show them your love, which is much bigger than all of us. So is that uh, so? What's the origin then of of Mama Bears? Then talk about that if you would. Just so Linda Robertson lost her son because they did the church thing with him when he came out, and he ended up with very risky behavior and he ended up dying of a drug overdose. Tragic story, tragic. And Linda, you know, devastated, began some uh, group online group for people that were in the same or, or could be in the same situation. And it was small and wonderful. And I was put in as an admin and another woman, Carol was put in as an admin, but it grew and grew. And so I said, how about, I just started Freed Hearts. I said, how about if I take the moms who are getting further along in the journey and you stay with the newbie moms, which is where your heart is. And so that's what we did. And around the same time, um, there was another group that, that started that Sarah became part of, but, um, but our, it, it grew because it, we were all mama bears and mama bears that, you know, term goes back to the, to peace flag, which was in the sixties, was it started or seventies? Yeah. You know, we're all mama bears. Good God, get somebody, you know, somebody coming at my child. I'm going to be a mama bear. 
And so that's, Absolutely. that's been a generic term for a lot of us who are just um, vitally protective of our children and by extension, this community that's being horribly abused by, by church. So, you know, there are a lot of us and we will continue because um, the attacks continue. Did that answer your question? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was just curious. That's uh, my, my wife, by the way, would, 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 would get on me if I didn't mention that she just loves you Aww. to death. Um, so she thank was, you. she was so excited. She's like, oh, tell her I love Aww. her. Okay. Thank so, you. so she loves you. I love her um, too. <laughs> we had, uh, our little church is only a couple of years old. Mm-hmm. And, um, the first, the first year that we were actually, before we even started as a church, um, we wanted to get involved with organizations like this and go to events. And um, the first one we did, my wife and my daughter and some other folks went with, you know, free mom hug shirts and went with such a sense of naivete, you know, just, just wanted to be nice, you know, and came away just simultaneously super encouraged and devastated. Yeah. You know, just like it was, it was, it was a beautiful experience. And then they were just dumbfounded by the stories. Yeah. Like, because it never in a billion years would occur to my wife to abandon any of her kids ever. Exactly. For any any reason ever. Yeah. And so, and to hear story after story after story of people who are, who, who, who somehow managed to do this, I, I I don't know. It's inhuman. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And I, I I can't even, I I tear up even thinking about it. Yeah. My personal experience with this, with, um, with my friends who have, who have had children come out is I've watched them be amazing moms and dads. Yeah. So that's at least encouraging. I haven't seen this except for in one extended family member who, uh, actually not a, anyway, a, family, a friend of a friend, but long story, uh, that, that story is what you, you hear more right. often is they cut her yes. off, you know, and they're so afraid that they're so afraid that she's going to go to hell. Right. Um, <laughs> that I well. guess they can associate with her. I don't understand. Yeah. It's like, Oh my God, how do you, Anyway, so I, I'm thankful that organizations exist. I'm telling you, like, he has to what be. What the hell have you done with this message of love yeah. that I gave you? It's appalling. And grace and acceptance and, you know, all this stuff. It just, it is heartbreaking. Yeah. But at the same time, so I'm, I'm that makes me all the more passionate that we need organizations like this. Yeah. And Freed Hearts will at least sort of. Free mom, free mom hugs. That's. Right, there, right. So Freed Hearts is another is your yeah, organization, correct? Yeah, and we we have given out tons of free hugs at lots of events <laughs> and have the you know, we've had the button for a long time about free mom hugs, free dad yeah. hugs. But um we uh you know, mostly what we're doing is really loving people and educating people, like returning them to themselves. So we've started now where we have um these twenty one day beloved adventures. I have my books. I have my podcast. I have my um, uh, blog with, you know, 300 blog posts on it. The podcast is going to be a hundred, I think around Christmas episodes. So we've really been, thank you. We've really been working diligently on that. And then now, um, and I've got four books on the topic as you read. And then we're now on our third beloved adventure. It's a 21 day beloved adventure, which is, um, has been really cool. Uh, the first one is on returning to yourself, like changing your inner voice. And the second one is for mama bears to, to really get their mojo back after being so slammed by the church. How do they function now? And, and really finding themselves in an empowering way. And then this one that's coming up is uh, on dysfunction, on beyond dysfunction, the 21 day journey beyond dysfunction. And, you know, cause people, these are dysfunctional families that are so pliant with the church, so pliable in the church that they'll they'll reject their children. This is all dysfunction. Yeah. And so for yeah, these, of course. this community be able to be able to identify it and recover from it and move past it is really really important to recognize gaslighting, to recognize you know, yeah. red herrings that are meant to distract them from what's really going on. Um, codependence, all of those things we talk about um, in this course, because people need to know how much they're loved and how good they are as they are. It's huge. So that was- yeah. I, I, if, 
That's amazing. No, I'm that I love it. I love it all. If uh, I think if the church would actually, and I, I speak of the church as though it's an entity, right, I, I realize right. it's not. It's, there's nothing monolithic about it. Um, but if people, if the people inside of those churches would, if they could be made aware, if they would actually listen to the stories of people who are really, really, um, man, they're 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 in harm's way. Yes. And that's what I can't keep. I can't. I can't get through these folks. This is not an ideological discussion. Yes, this is a real life or death issue for many, many yeah, people. Right. Yeah, and and the things that you do don't just harm them emotionally. It pushes them towards, like you said in one example, risky behavior. Sometimes, yeah, pushes them towards thoughts of suicide and self harm. Yeah. there's just all there are. You know, the church's stance on this is killing people. It's killing people. Yeah. We had a we had a situation, and when the kids were in high school, we homeschooled most of the way. But in the end, um, they were in high school. In the last two years that they were the youngest ones were there, um, there were three suicides in their school in one year. And I I remember just losing my shit over this, thinking, "Oh my god!" Like to go and find your child hanging in a closet. I cannot think of anything worse. And it Mm -hmm. just, it raised my level. This was, Annie had come out, but I had not talked to anybody at church yet. So this was like brand new in my thinking. And this was like a, a, a warning to me, you know, to say, I took it as a warning to say, don't ever, ever let this happen to your child. Mm -hmm. And not that I'm not saying parents can prevent it, but do you do whatever you can. You don't know what people are going through. You don't know what your children are going through. Yeah. And so um, it made me on high alert for remaining connected, loving well, not driving somebody over the breaking point, but churches and their families drive people over the breaking point constantly. It's, it's unconscionable. It is. I know. I agree. That was exactly the word that was rolling through my head. It's unconscionable. Yeah. The, uh, the amount of, yeah, I just don't know. You know, the, the, it just, it drives me crazy that we would, that we've got, we've gotten here, you know? And what's, what's sad is that even when sometimes these things are pointed out to right. folks, there's a level of apathy sometimes that, that doesn't see, I do love the fact that when, you know, people that I know, when this does begin to affect them personally, I've seen them respond well. It's sad to me that it has to affect them personally right. before they respond right. well. Right. Uh, I'm thankful for the second part. I'm sad that it that it sometimes takes that. Yeah. Well, it wasn't until my kid came out that I actually started to think about these things. Yeah. And maybe you know, again, we're I know we're I know we're pushing against the tide here and railing against the status quo, but Christianity is a countercultural thing anyway, isn't yeah. it? Aren't we supposed when it's done right, aren't we supposed to be pushing against the prevailing exactly. culture and saying no? Yes. Yeah. And instead we waste our energy getting pissed off at Starbucks because they don't I put know, crosses right? on their cups or well, something. It's or, not enough yeah. that we have zero persecution in this country. We, yeah. we, no, we have, have to have invent public some. companies make their cups suit us. The hell with anybody that is, is not Christian because you should make these cups for Christians. Yeah. 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 God help. God help them if they ever came out with like a, I don't know, Diwali cup or something like that. <laughs> Just say, hey, no, we boycott. Right. No, we won't stand yeah. for it. But yeah, I was, I'm actually, I was writing about this not too long ago. And that was one of the things that, that was, that was occurring to me. It was like, we're the least persecuted church in human history. Absolutely. I mean, seriously, we don't, we don't have a and clue. And so we're persecuting. <laughs> and so the church is persecuting. And so we just invent things to be pissed off about exactly. because, because I feel like we need to, but. Well, doesn't, um, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's uh, on? I was just saying, I mean, isn't, isn't that just our history though? I mean, I mean, it seems like every, every step of the way Christianity steps in, persecutes against who's ever there pushing, pushing out towards the margins and then sits there and whines about how much they're being persecuted. Right. I mean, yeah. you, you have, you have the pilgrims leaving persecution, right? Coming to a new country to persecute the people already yeah. there in the name of their God. Right. Yeah. And then we just kind of move on forward, continually doing yeah. this. It, it sounds as much like a human thing than anything else. And, you yeah. know, but primitive behavior. So it, it is prim. Yeah. And that's weird. Cause yeah, we're, we're supposed to be 
you know, somehow evolved yeah. and yet somehow <laughs> yeah, we're using the we're using the lizard part of our brain way too often, I think. So And many people are not. Many people are so over it and they're they have shaken the dust off their feet and are exactly. coming from a different place. And I, I am hopeful for those people. I'm hopeful for the um what, emergent church, the deconstructed church, the reconstructing right. Uh, and for people who are, who are over church, I'm I'm very hopeful yeah. about all those people because they're going to be dragging yeah. the non-affirming church with them, cacking, you know, kicking and screaming. Or what they'll decide is that you know uh, I have I've, I'm I'm coming closer and closer to the conclusion that whatever church like whatever church looks like in say 20 years, 30 years, it's just not going to resemble anything that we've come to know as church. I think we're going to pitch it. I had a friend of mine uh, who said, you know, essentially she's like the, the, the church just needs to die so that whatever the next iteration of this man, whatever we want to call this thing called faith, whatever it looks like can actually emerge because yeah. whatever, you know, this thing we've been doing for the last, I guess a couple hundred years in particular is just not working well. Right. Um, I'm curious, I haven't had a chance to see your Ted talk. What was, what was the topic of your Ted talk? Well, you know, I talked, I talked about this and how my daughter it's really awesome. worth, let me say, it's really worth watching. I know I'm the one who did it, but it's, it really touches the heart of the issue. I hope people will watch it, but it was, it was our, it was our daughter coming out and realizing what we were up against in the church and realizing that we were being told that we had a choice between God and our daughter, which is a fool's choice. It's, and it's the height of arrogance to say that's the choice. What we, what we, realized is the choice but it was between our church and our daughter. And that's an easy right. choice. When you see that that's what the choice is, it's easy to choose your daughter. Only a psychopath would not. But right. um, Amen. Yeah, but you know, they, they frame it as it's God that you're rejecting if you embrace your daughter, which is is where people get so tripped up. So anyway, that the talk is about that and how we move forward since then and what we've done, how we've, we've reached the marginalized and we continue to reach the marginalized and love them with the love we're here, all of us to bestow on each other. That's what we're on earth for. Um, So yeah, it's, it, it went smashingly well. (laughs) Good. I'm going to, I'm going to look it up as soon as I'm done here and watch it. People were just fantastic. And in the audience, it was like, 5,000 people or 7,000 people, I forget. And it was wow. just so moving. I loved doing that. Man, that's amazing. So do you uh, do you get a chance then to go out and speak other other places? Are you at yeah, events and things like that? Yeah, I've speaking. And I went to Australia on two different speaking tours for a month long each. I, I've traveled all over, you know, the country and spoken. Um, and then COVID hit. And so yeah, all right, that was yeah. pulled back. And I kind of assumed that I would begin speaking again when that was over, but we really started doing these courses that it was, it was such good timing because they really needed to be done. I have so much content to convey and I want to leave it all on the field. I want to get it out there for people. And so these courses are an outstanding way to be able to let people imbibe the, the true good news of the astoundingly good news of, of how loving and worthy we are. And we keep them really affordable so that, you know, cause I always think of the, the 14 year old who has no money, but needs help, you know, and I can, I can have tears thinking about that person who is so marginalized and isolated. So we keep everything very accessible. Um, and if somebody can't afford, you know, the lowest price, they, they just write and I give it to them for free because I just really love, I, I've got a lot more love to give before it's over. I think you get to a point in your life, I don't know, <laughs> where you start thinking, what do I really want to accomplish before I'm not here anymore? And it's to love as fully as I can, as, as broadly and deeply as I can. And that's been really satisfying. Yeah. Yeah, at the end of the day, when what else is there, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. That's uh that's the one thing that that 
you know, we're, we're going through the, the gospel of John as a church right now. And I've, I've asked my congregation, just count how many times in the gospel of John we are told to love. Yeah. You know, it's almost as though Jesus thought that was important. You know, it's almost <laughs> as though, you know, we, we just went through a, uh, our final one yesterday. And I'm like, God, how many times Jesus says a new commandment I give you love one another yeah. as I've loved you. You know, this is the, you know, how will they know we, that you're my disciples yeah. um, by how you love each other. And so there's this underlying theme that I, and again, if the, you know, if we would ever just fully embrace that, we wouldn't even be having some of these conversations. I don't think we would have decided that love trumps ideology any day of the week. Well, and sadly, what they they will add, right? They add to that, even to that phrase that you just said, they will come at you and say, well, yeah, but at this point, Jesus was talking to believers. Yeah. So he's telling you to to love your follow your fellow believers. It's like, no, he's not. Yeah. No, he's not. Even if he were, you're not. Those gay people are, are fellow believers. So yeah. Okay, even, even if he were, that. but he's not. What good is it to love your own? Only. Yeah, because then we get to decide who's a real believer right. then, right? And they do. That's always a, that's always a dicey little game, isn't I, it? Well, yeah. you know, I realize, I know you say you're a Christian, but I get to decide by your actions that you're not. Well, then I get to decide by your lack of love that you're not. Exactly. So how about we just go around and around with that little circle, right? Yeah, just turn that, turn the tables on them. That's what Jesus would do. Yeah, oh, and he would. And he, in, a, in a very Jesus-y way, he would do it. Exactly. And so uh, I think we should, you know... I, what kind of snark would Jesus use? Let's 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 come up with a new phrase. I, <laughs> um, hey, I wasn't. I was curious. Where did you go? Where did you go to seminary? Because you mentioned your seminary yeah, was, was, you know, one where you learned to critically yeah, think. Yeah, Austin Presbyterian Theological Seminary. Oh, awesome. Okay, cool. Yeah, and I think at the beginning I was said Presbyterian. I didn't. I only know how to spell it. I know nothing else about it. <laughs> but um, but it was marvelous, and I realized that is. I can't even spell it so. <laughs> And it means, you know what Presbyterian means? Old man. It does. It means old really? man. Yeah. Well, that seems to that seems to ring true. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That's not. Uh, some of my most progressive friends, quote unquote progressive, I'm using air quotes right. people, um, but some of my most progressive friends are Presbyterians, which I always find weird because they're rooted in Calvinism, except they're kind of not. I don't know. It depends on which branch of Presbyterian yeah. you're talking yeah. about. But one of the only other churches in my city that's affirming openly is uh, is a Presbyterian church, and yeah. uh, pastor is a super great guy, and and so we've gone round and round about Calvin because yeah, I'll, I'll throw down with the best of them over Calvin, and he likes to come to his defense. And I'm like, well, I guess we can agree to disagree on that. But I am aware of of, of that seminary in, in Austin. I love Austin, by I love the way. Austin. So it's um, a marvelous place. But it is in Texas, which is going through some really bad, bad things right now. Yeah. Yeah. No, we're smack dab in the yeah. middle of it. So uh, Outlawing abortion at every level, which whatever you think, you know, getting paid if you turn in somebody who had an abortion. It's just, well, and what's, what's weird to me is I talk to my friends who are like farther on the like the libertarian right. spectrum, right? right? And I'm like, doesn't that bother you at least? Yeah. Don't you see that this is just another infringement on individual liberty yeah. and and for some reason man they still don't they they, they say yeah but and so i'm like now nah, now the argument's over so well and then this whole you know pro-life idea right that they're there's but they're they're definitely not pro anyone else you know after after birth and and then these people make decisions that disagree that don't they're in contradiction to their faith, these people no longer right. matter. But I was yeah. like, I thought you were pro-life. Right. Oh no, they're pro-birth. Yeah, pro-birth. yeah. yeah you're as pro-birth. As soon as you're born, they, they yeah. want nothing to do with helping a single God mother. Forbid, God forbid your child comes out as gay because you're definitely not going to affirm that. Right. You're definitely not going to count that as a uh, an okay thing because just just call it what it is. You're pro-birth. You're not pro-life. You're, you're pro-death penalty for sure across the board. Yeah. You're pro-war. You're pro. I mean, you're not pro-life. I mean, I, we can point at over and over again versions of of life that you're not right. pro. <laughs> but but Austin Presbyterian was a great seminary for me. Um, it it really opened my eyes completely, and I went in as a disillusioned evangelical, and I came out as a, a real progressive. <laughs> <laughs> And it was, it was astonishing for me. I, I couldn't believe it. And, 
you know, Jesus came with me. Jesus is like uh, unprecedented as a human being. Um, nobody, nobody can find fault with Jesus. Everybody, yeah, you know, can, looks at Jesus and says, yeah, that's an amazing person one way or another. But it's all the stuff that's been done. Yeah, we've messed it up. Where I, I, I love that, you know, talking, like Gandhi used to say, like, you know, Jesus, I love your Jesus very much. Your Christians, not so much, you know? It's like, yeah. Well, yeah, it's like when we talk to him at uh, Meta and he says, you know, if you guys would just do what Jesus told you to do, I wouldn't, you know, he's, uh, he's his, his name online is the friendly atheist. And he's like, if you would just do what Jesus says to do, I'd have a lot less to complain about, about you right. guys. If you would just follow the Jesus that you say you follow, which you don't. Yeah, yeah. Nobody complains about Jesus. It's all the stuff. And that's why we, anyway, we can go down rabbit holes at any point, but that's why people <laughs> grab Paul so much because Paul gives you a lot more to make rules out of. But Paul was navigating a fledgling group of people through um, occupied land, through the Roman territory. He was was trying to keep a low profile so people wouldn't be killed. But he thought Jesus was coming in his lifetime. He thought, any minute. Okay, so Paul was wrong. Can you see that? And so... Wait, wait, hold up. I know. I know. He was wrong. (laughs) And yet we've... Now I need one of those sound effects to say, heresy, heresy. (laughs) (laughs) You did it really well, I said. You did it really well. Paul was wrong. Well, and Paul, you know, we were talking to... Oh, I think it was Douglas Campbell, but there's a there's a, a part in his book. I'm not sure if you ever read. His, he's a he's probably the world's foremost scholar on Paul. I mean, N.T. Wright, nah. Um, <laughs> Doug, uh, Douglas Campbell has taken this to a whole new level, right? But one of the things that he quotes is is essentially the and it wasn't his. He's and I can't remember the guy who said it now. But anyway, anyway, it was Paul's theology of the status quo. Yeah, and it and it stemmed from the from the fact that Paul believed the return of Christ was imminent. Yeah. And so, therefore, don't go out and get married. Yeah. Like, don't go out and do, slaves, remain slaves. This is all going to not matter very right. soon. So That's let's right. just get through this because Christ might be back tomorrow. Right. Um, and then, you know, as the can got kicked further and further down the road at some point, now you have to now you have to deal with the fact that 20 years later, Jesus still hasn't come back and people have literally put their weddings on hold and people who have, you know, so, but 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 by that same token, you know, 2,000 years later, we're pulling those texts out and we're saying, listen, Paul's fine with slavery. Right. <laughs> no, no, he, he wasn't. wasn't. He wasn't. In, in, the, in the context of what he expected to happen, it didn't make sense to go have a slave revolt, you know, right. when Christ was going to make all of that irrelevant very soon. So, right. And um, he said yeah, there's no it, more slave and free man. There's no more, you know. Right. No more Jew or no Gentile. More no more male or female, transgender. Opponent. Yeah. <laughs> Take note. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Take notes. Hey, look, it's almost as though all those binary yeah. definitions Paul says are useless. Yeah, it's almost as like if. we don't need those anymore. <laughs> that's right. Almost as if. That's and right. so, yeah, maybe that's one of those things that we should take. We love to take Paul very seriously when he agrees right. with us. Right. Well, yeah, we, 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 everything Jesus says is all in parable and we can take it figuratively and we don't have, but when Paul speaks, it's all literal. Everything he has said literally means what it says and it literally means what it means to right. us today. Except when it doesn't. Except, except when we don't except, agree. Yeah, except when it does. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. I've always, I've always wondered if you could go back in time and just walk up to Paul and say, "Hey, you know those letters you wrote to specific churches at a specific time? Do you know that we now believe that everything you wrote was actually as if God had took over your hand and wrote it for you?" I think he's like, "What a load of bullshit that is!" <laughs> yeah, right. That's not what happened. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Paul gets a bad rap in a lot of ways. I mean, I, I have a, I have a lot of issues with Paul, but but at the same time. One of the things I think we don't allow for Paul is we don't allow that there was any growth. We think that the Paul that on the on the road to Damascus is the same exact Paul at the end. Right. And he had no growth, no learning. He didn't do anything. Well, and he said, he said, you understand that children obey your parents. He was stating the Roman household code. But I say to you, parents don't exasperate your children. Well, which one's quoted in church every time? Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. You know, obey, obey, or mm-hmm. wives obey your hu- husbands, which is part of the Roman household code. He was repeating, but then I say to you, husbands, love your wives. So he was taking so the very things that we attribute to Paul is affirming are the very things he was upending with his yeah, with his right. follow up exactly. comment, his secondary comment. Yeah, that's that again doesn't suit the purposes of a patriarchal church. Right. So it picks and chooses. And that's a very, um, when we talk to Doug, you need to read, I think you'd like I'm Doug sure a lot. Um, first of all, he's from New Zealand. So his, uh, his, his accent is it. brilliant, but he would say that's part of that whole, that's, that's part of that whole Socratic method that, that yeah. Paul was very adept at using. And so yeah. us not knowing what to do with that, we flatten out everything Paul ever Absolutely. says and we make it, and we make it all of equal value. And we don't allow for the dialogue that's actually taking place in Paul's yeah. letters where Paul's actually, he's, he's actually arguing against the things that it sounds like he's affirming. Exactly. But yeah, it's, to me, it's fascinating. But that requires a level of education, yeah. Yeah. at least from the guy leading the church yeah. who, who should be able to say, hey, let's, let's dig a little deeper here. Let's not take everything right. at face value. There might be something more to this than simply um, fortifying the biases we already have that exist. And you, you said a flattening. And the word, the word platitude means a flat place. Yeah. So that's exactly what a platitude is just flattening the conversation. Yeah. It's not giving any light or truth. So, and we got yeah. plenty of no sh- and, so, and Therefore no shade, right? No, no, no nuance. Right. No, it's all just, yeah. It's all just squashed down. And yeah. So that's, that's, and that's where, that's how we get where we are. Right. Yeah. That's how we can pull those six or seven clobber passages out. To answer John's question from earlier, there are people doing good, serious academic work on this. Yeah. Um, sadly, they're just mostly not in the pulpits of, of evangelical churches. Yeah. Um, they are in seminaries and they are writing. Sometimes I, I, I need them to come out and write this stuff at a more um, accessible level. Because yeah. sometimes they're writing to peers and they're writing to, you know, they're writing very scholarly works and they don't filter down into the mainstream. It'd be another 20 years before we see some of this stuff. Um, in the mainstream, but there's very, very good work being yeah. done. And actually, if you would poll, I think most get out of the evangelical world and get into the real, like, substantive evan- uh, seminary world, and there's a lot more progress mm-hmm. of thought there mm-hmm. that would that would agree with a lot more with what you're saying, Susan. I, I, would, I would even I would even venture to say if you were to be able to poll churchgoers, even within the ev- evangelical world, and with the knowledge that they aren't going to be like called out. Because a lot, I think a lot of people go to a church either because their parents went there or because it's this is the best church in their area or the only church in their area. But I think if you were to pull them without any kind of knowledge of it getting out, right? That they, what they, what they Mm -hmm. truly believe, I think you'd find out there's a shocking amount of people who really have no problem with this. Yeah. Right. But the problem is, and this is where I think this is, this is where we, you know, you know, using this platform and using your platform, this is where we need to give them permission almost and say, Hey, but you do need to speak up. Right. You do need to be loud. You do need to use your voice. And yeah, it's going to get you in a little bit of trouble with your church, with the leadership of your church, with your friends. You're going to lose friends. You're going to lose family members, but isn't it worth it? In the end of, I mean, I mean, if you really truly in your heart believe that God loves everybody, isn't it worth it to lose the people who would, I don't know if they're really worth holding on to anyway. Well, I, I found that I was so afraid. My first answer back when God said, you're going to be doing this work was, but I'm going to lose all my friends. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and now I look back and I lost most of the friends at the time. But now I've got more friends, new friends, people that I can be me with. Well, that's a total upgrade. And, and you know, yeah. I think of it as going through your closet brutally, especially for women that probably change out their clothes more than men generally. <laughs> but, you know, I, you, you pull out a bunch of stuff and you think you'll really miss it. But then you get new stuff and you're like, I don't miss that old stuff at all. Right. And, you know, those relationships fit the time that you were in. But if you're becoming a new person, then yeah, they don't you fit. don't fit. You need new people around you. And then they're the lifetime friends at that point. Well, and something John said that struck me was interesting is that um, I think he's right. I think if, if you remove the, if you remove that sense that I'm supposed to be against this, yes. right? 
Yeah. If you just take that away and ask people to honestly tell you how they feel, I think most of the time they're like, they, they're either ambivalent or they're more, or they're more affirming than they would think. But there's that, there's that pressure and that dissonance that says, okay, I don't really personally, I don't care who people love, love who you want to love, right? And why should you? Yeah. And why should you? Cause it's none of your fucking business. <laughs> but at the same time, you, you, there's this pressure that comes to bear that says, but I'm supposed to be against this. Right. Because Jesus told me I'm supposed to. By the way, listeners, if you want to look up everything Jesus ever had to say about homosexuality, don't bother because he never brought it up. <laughs> even once. So everything that Jesus ever said about this issue has been summed up in one blank sentence. I actually put that in my book. It's a quote, a line, and a quote. Yeah. There you go. So for something that the evangelical world has decided is such a linchpin issue, for Jesus to have not seemed to have given a damn about it um, is very telling. Well, it, it just boils it boils down to their connection to family values. You know, we need to, we need to hold on to whatever the hell that is. Uh, their version of family values, which it's, I mean, so many layers of bullshit in that that I don't even want to get into it because we don't have that kind of time. No. Uh, (laughs) I know, you're right though. I mean, I even started this conversation about, I think that if you were to ask them without any kind of, you know, potential getting in trouble, and that's also in quotes, that they would probably be more affirming. But that also in 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 some ways is, is rather insidious too. I mean, you know, just quietly sit by and say, well, you know, if it was, if I had it my way, we wouldn't be so mean to these people. Uh, well, in a lot of ways, I still say that the people who are openly, you know, very loudly against the LGBTQ plus community are a little easier to deal with because you know where they stand. Mm -hmm. Um, so we still, I think it's still at the end of the day, we still need to step up. We, we still need to make our voices heard. We still need to say that what's going on is absolutely wrong. And, you know, thankfully there are, there are places where you can go online to find out if there's a church in your area that is affirming, you know, that's something that we do. I mean, back when I was going to church, that that didn't exist. I couldn't, I, I would just have to go and ask. It didn't need to. Right. Thankfully, and luckily for us in in this, in this era, we, there's places where you can go online and say, okay, what's, where is an affirming church in my, in my, in my community that I can go to and I can connect with? Um, and that I think is a huge step in the right direction. And hopefully we, we, you know, we can, and that is a, a place where you can get, you know, connect with people who have a, a better understanding of what's going on. And, and it gives, allows you to open up your voice and speak out and then hopefully encourages you to then reach out to other yeah. people. And I dissuade people from thinking they're going to stay in a non-affirming church and change it from within because the leadership yeah, will not there. let it happen until the leadership right. changes yeah. their hearts or people, they're not going to let it happen. You may think you're making progress, but they're just humoring you. Yeah, and, and then to stick around is to sometimes just be complicit in what they're complicit. doing. Yeah, and I and I'm just I'm I'm over that. I'm not I'm, I'm not going to sit idly by and watch you harm people. Um, right. Even even if I think on, on some level I'm I'm pushing for some change, or just it's just not. I, I agree with you. I, I would dissuade as well. Yeah, I, I've told the story a few times on the podcast that I have some really good friends who came to me several years ago and my friend's wife, she was asking, they're a lesbian couple and they were like, well, my, I don't really care about church. I don't really care about God, but my wife really does. And she misses that part of her life. And, and would your church be a place? And this was before I had my own church. I was just on staff at a different mm-hmm. church and, and I had to be really honest, you know, she's like, would this, would this be a safe place for us? And, and as you know, I and I'd say what I just told you, I'm like, yeah, I mean, safe-ish, which is to say, yeah. no, I guess not. Mm-hmm. Um, sadly that it, it, it would not be, nobody would be overtly right in your face. You wouldn't be rejected, nor, neither would you be affirmed. Right. And so it, it was sadly, it was, they opted not to come because Good. I couldn't, I couldn't guarantee that they were, you know, that was a place where, they, and, and I wouldn't lie and say, oh no, no, we're totally well, fine. No, we're, yeah. you know, we'd found that soft, squishy middle place of tolerance, which is one of my least favorite words it's in the world because cool. who the hell wants to be tolerated? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. You know, you know, no one no one puts that in their wedding vows, exactly. do they? I promise to love, honor, and tolerate you. Like, no, thank you. No, thank you. 
Yeah. 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 I love that. We'll go back to one of our first first parts of our conversation even today. It was like, yeah, don't do me any exactly. favors, right? <laughs> like I, I promise to put up with you for the next 50, 60 yeah. years. Well, thanks. Um, yeah. Hey, uh, quick question before we have to let you go because uh, I could talk to you forever, by the way. So, uh, this you has been too. so good and I appreciate your voice so yeah, much. Absolutely. Um, but I did want to know if you had any anything upcoming, any, any projects in the works, anything that we should be on the lookout well, for. Well, our dysfunction course... Um, 21 day beloved okay. adventure dysfunction beyond dysfunction is coming up and it's, it's going to be really good. I think if people can get plugged into the, the courses we have, they're, they're very affordable and they're designed to keep taking them. Uh, oh, and, and next year in the spring, we're also planning to do a, a Harry Potter adventure. So it'll be a 25 day cause it'll be 25th anniversary of the first book. 25 days. Okay, you just got John's full attention. You saw his face go, whoa. Because yeah. uh, he's looking more and more like Dumbledore every day. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so, side note, uh, uh, it didn't happen, but uh, for Halloween, uh, I, I put the vote out. Do I dress up as Dumbledore or Gandalf? Yeah, yeah. Those are the two I was going yeah. for. Uh, I, I ended up, I, I didn't have the time to put either one together, but I would have been, I would have been extremely happy with either one. You look a little <laughs> bit more like Christopher Lee. Maybe you could be uh, Saruman. Oh, there you go. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd be the evil I, one, I guess. I could be that. Okay. Yeah. So hey, so we'll we'll put links um to to the courses in the in the show notes. Um and really encourage people to check that out. I think Yeah, and the podcast. Yeah. You can listen to the podcast and Oh yeah, but what is the what is the name of the podcast? I need to go look at it. Freedhearts.org. It's Freedhearts is the name of the podcast. Okay, okay. Awesome. It's okay. All at I need to check that out. Bye. I don't listen to enough podcasts, John. It's becoming clear. <laughs> well, I, I I was listening to a lot until we started our own, and I was like, I don't have yeah. time anymore. Right? Yeah, who's got the time? Uh, I already listened to the best one. <laughs> what? No, I'm <just> kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so you, the podcast, obviously, all the books are available yeah. wherever you can buy books on Amazon. I'm assuming. And I, I do have a question about the courses. So you, you're you're talking about the one that's coming up. You, can you still do the 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 previous ones? Are they still yeah. available yeah. online? They're all. Okay. And yeah. that you just get it, you you do it. It'll feed to you every for twenty one okay. days. Okay. They're really powerful. I want to make sure our listeners know that it's not like a one and done. Exactly. Like if you didn't get into it, you you don't get to do it. You can do yeah, it later. Yeah, people leave okay. comments, okay. and yeah. I I answer them. You know, as long as I'm still not overwhelmed by numbers of comments, I'm able to answer them. So it's a good connecting point too. Okay. Well, we'll, like we said, we'll link to all that in our show notes. We'll make sure and put all that out for our folks and, um, encourage them all to, to check it out and go watch the TED talk. I'm going to, I'm going to do that here in about five minutes. Yeah. I'm going to go check that out. Awesome. Um, man, it's just been, it's been so good to have you on. I really appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Um, and more than that, I appreciate the work that you're doing. Thank you. Um, yes. I love, yes. I love what you're, what you're putting out that sets critically important stuff. So thank you. Thank you for this work too that you're, you're giving voice to people who really need to be delivering this message of love. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. It is the, it is the very least we can do, right, John? Nah, I guess we could do less, but no, <laughs> well, we could, yeah. we could, we could just, <laughs> have you ever watched that show, um, comedians in cars getting coffee? Yeah. Oh, I love that Jerry show. Seinfeld. Uh, nah, yeah. I can't remember who it was. It said it, but he, Jerry says something about, you know, I guess that one of those expressions he doesn't like, cause that's the least I could do. And, uh, I guess he called the guy up and he hung up on him. He goes, and he called him later. He goes, no, that was the least I could do. Which was like literally nothing. Uh-huh. Nothing. Now, now you know. So see, even in the, even in the exiting, John, I can, I can rabbit trail. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Completely. Yeah, for sure. We could, yeah. 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 This could go on another 40 minutes with right, nothing should, really. No one, one of our endings should just be Eric going <laughs> and like cutting yeah, us off. Cut us off. Going, <laughs> in the interest of time. Thank you for listening to This Is Not Church be sure to rate and review the podcast on your platform of choice. If you would like to partner with us, visit patreon.com slash this is not church, where you will receive exclusive content such as early access to episodes, videos of upcoming episodes, and live Q&A sessions. Be sure to check out our Facebook group or follow us on Twitter and Instagram. All the links are in the show notes. We'll be back soon with another episode.